Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 87 of the Meek Metagame. I'm Harry MTG, only joined by one of my regular co-hosts this week, Gabe Nassif. Hey, everyone, what's up? Well, well, well. Sadly, this week, Pat cannot join us. Um, as I guess you could see, he wasn't in the intro, but yeah, Teddy is sick. So we're going to have to do it on our own. And this week we have a lot to talk about. As always, Gab has played a lot of events and a lot of different decks in the modern format. We had the Insight Esports 5K online, which Gab came third place in in the top eight. What a surprise. So we're going to get into a lot of that. Uh, Gab also played both challenges. So we're going to get into those as well. And uh, I guess if you're interested in what modern decks we're going to be talking about this week, I think we're going to get mostly into Living End, Rakdos Luris, the new blue-red Merc Tide deck as well as maybe a little bit of Miracles and also some other decks towards the end. But uh, yeah, as always, before we get into this, the podcast is brought to us by Card Market. They sponsor the podcast, and if you don't know what that is, it is a marketplace online for you to buy anything card game related. It doesn't have to be Magic the Gathering. It could be Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, whatever. Go get your accessories, cards, singles. You can go sell on there. It's great. Go check them out, cardmarket.com, cardmarket.eu. And would you personally like to support the podcast? You can check out our Patreon, no press to do so, patreon.com slash midweekmetagame. Best place to support us, and we thank all our patrons every week as always. But um, yeah, I guess we should just jump straight into things, as I think we have a lot of modern to talk about. You know, I did mention you did top eight in event this week, so why don't you kind of break down what that tournament was? Yeah, so that tournament was the Inside Esports 5K. It was a modern tournament on Saturday, so I... Uh... Started playing in the challenge, started off one and one, and decided to double queue. I was playing uh, Living End. The Living End deck I've been playing a lot was Grief. And yeah, I decided to to double queue. Um, it was a tournament. I think ended up getting 80 players for a $25 fee. So that was only $2,000 in price pool. And they advertise 5K as a price pool, but they have a little print that says, you know, they only get, I think, under 100. They, they're they allowed to change the price pool, but they, um, you know, they decided to be really nice to the players and decided to honor the, the $5,000 price pool despite, you know, just getting 80, 80 players. So they, they took a, a pretty big hit, which is kind of, you know, funny and ironic given what's what's going on recently with OP. Just, um, you know, taking money away from Worlds and whatnot and Inside Esports just kind of you know, doing the opposite. So I thought it was kind of, you know, kind of funny in an ironic way. But yeah, yeah so, uh, you know, big shout out to them. They're, they're, they just run tons of tournaments, mostly, I think, Arena, a lot of standard and historic, but they've been running modern, I think, other formats. They they run turns for MTG Melee. Tournament was well run, you know, MTG Melee is good software and uh, had no problems. So that was that was cool. It was my first time, I think, playing an inside esports tournament too. So, uh, yeah. Um, Maybe we should talk about actual actual matches. Um, I yeah, I decided to play Living End. I don't remember every matchup, but I know that um, I beat uh, Ragdos. Was you know kind of leading up to the weekend, Ragdos was all the talk. I guess you know the deck Aspiring Spack has popularized. Um, I know I've played against that deck at the very beginning of the format. I'm not sure if it was already well-tuned versions, but deck has been around, but definitely Spike put it on the map, I would say. And he's been advocating for the deck all week. He posted, you know, I think we already talked about it last week, maybe. Yeah. He, 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 he was 44 and six in leagues at some point. And um, it, the deck was everywhere this weekend. I actually ended up playing the deck on Sunday too, because I wanted to see for myself. So I, I played against that deck a lot. I, and I, I played against it a couple times in the Swiss. I won both. I, I played against it. Uh, I went uh, 7-0 in the Swiss. You needed to go 6-1. Maybe it was a 5-2 or, or 2 who who made it in the top 8. So pretty similar to the, the challenge structures. But uh, yeah, I ran, I ran the table. I think I lost one or two games total in the Swiss. Just super good run. In the meantime, in the modern challenge on Magic Online, I went... Only three and four ended up dropping before the last round. Mm -hmm. And um, 
so you know not as good not as good there but i guess uh it's better to run good in the the, the esports tournament because there's there's actual you know money and more money and i uh, ended up getting paired against jim davis in the quarters he was playing the ragdos deck i won a super close match where I win game one on the I'm on the play because I got the which is another thing that's nice about these turns on Mario you you actually get the play if you're a top seed so I got to be on the play in game one and in game one on the play you're a pretty big favorite they have a few discard spells and they have Dotty Voidwalker but the Voidwalker is usually a bit slow because by the time they play it you've already have you know maybe three maybe even more maybe four creatures in your graveyard so you have a pretty big living in. You, you have grief or subtlety to maybe get rid of it. You do need to be careful because if you, if, if they have Voidwalker in the graveyard somehow, if they can maybe kill their Voidwalker in response to your living end, then it comes back and the living end resolves when the Voidwalker is in play. So they get, they get a living end on their, with a counter, you know, a void counter. So I actually, I think I've talked about it maybe last week or I lost the game. I had Outburst, I cast it on my turn instead of casting it on their turn. And their Voidwalker, they were able to just activate Voidwalker on their turn and recast my Living End. Wow. And yeah, so you need to be a tiny bit careful. But yeah, game one when you're on the play, pretty easy. You know, they have discard spells, but you cycle a lot, you're going to find one. They don't have the like super fastest clock. If your draw is not good, they can... They can piece things together, you know, especially with maybe it was Chandler. If they play Chandler, they get a little lucky, mail a, mail a couple of creatures with a Chandler trigger. Maybe by the time you cast it, they kill their own Chandler and they got you maybe a bit low. Maybe you didn't you didn't bring back a ton of flowers, so you can't block their Chandlers. But it, usually game one is, is really good. Sideboard becomes tough. They don't get a ton, but it does make a pretty big difference. They So what Spike was playing and what almost everyone played was two Void Mirrors and a Chalice mm-hmm. against the Cascade decks. And yeah, that, that that's when the matchup becomes tough because neither discard spells are way more effective. They can take your outburst, you know, your your Cascade spell if you only have one. If they have the artifact, they can take your Ingochure or whatever, you know, artifact hate you brought in, Brazen Bar, to protect their artifact. And one spot that came up to was they play Ragavan and then they draw the artifact and the treasures they get make it so that you get in spots where you can kill, even if you can kill the artifact, they can just, they have the mana to just lure us and replay it right away. Wow. And that yeah, that is super relevant in this matchup and it makes it a bit tough, which, you know, maybe makes Brazen Bar the, the better card in in these specific matchups. And always tricky without open decklist, but when when stock decklist, you know, when you know exactly what they have, if you know they're not gonna have a ton, you know, just probably just have the one maybe prison bar, the fact that it's instant and doesn't go to a graveyard, the body also blocks Chandler. So um, you know, maybe that's a better answer against these decks than than in good sure. Anyways, I play against James, super win game one. Game two is pretty close. I have like two or three turns to top deck and I don't, I lose. And in the third game, same spot. He, he has me on the ropes and I have a few turns to top deck. And on the very last turn, I draw my Cascade spell. Actually, he was streaming his side. I don't know if he realized, but I, I clicked my upkeep because I was streaming for the drama, you know? So I kind of paused in the upkeep for like 30 seconds. <laughs> and I asked, he asked, asked him in chat, you know, what do you think? But I, then I went back and watched his stream because he was streaming. It was the delay and he didn't have chat open. So I guess he missed it, but... So I just sat there for like 30 seconds and then drew my card and boom, Charlotte's agent of the top. Living in, I win. That's pretty sick. And then in the semis, same matchup. I think it was someone I actually beat in the Swiss. Same, pretty much exact same deck. So I actually got offered a split and I declined. I felt a little bad because the, the money difference not huge to me. You know, it was 12.50 for first. 750 for second and 500 for semis. So, you know, it's not as fun when you split. There's less pressure, so it's not the same. And, you know, I did feel like I had good matchups because I'd beaten that deck at this one. I think I was 5-0 against a Ragdos deck, and I was on the play. So it did make sense for me, you know, odds-wise to split. But it's still, like, 
you know, if if they were like, oh, I really need the money or something, you know, I, I'd maybe split. But I was like, okay, I won't split it. And I ended up losing, you know, close match, same thing. I think I won game one pretty easily, uh, but I couldn't get there in the sideboard games. And, you know, people were joking kind of karma for splitting and stuff and or not splitting. But yeah, that was that was my experience. Uh, that, was, that was cool. And then on Sunday, I played the, the Ragdos deck and I went five and three. I lost the mirror once to Sus, who ended up making top eight. I don't remember what my other two losses were, but I thought the deck was very good. Not not broken good, but just super solid. Still has, you know, maybe maybe the 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 maybe the flaws of a deck that has only one and two mana cards in it can have where I'm not exactly sure how to describe it, but have you played that deck, Harry, at all? Or what the Ractus mid range deck? Yeah. I haven't, but I've watched a ton of Spike playing it. And honestly, I think the biggest surprise for me is both watching and playing against it is how good um, Dorothy Voidwalker is. And sorry, I say that with confusion because I don't know how to pronounce it. But I think just I I didn't realize how relevant it was to be like a, a Leyline of the Void 3-2 creature. Like, without the sacrifice ability, I still think this card is really, really, really good. The Shadow has been really relevant against any deck that I've played. And um, I've just really, really liked what I've saw, you know, saw from this card. I mean, I don't know. I think I think that this kind of holds the deck together. I guess this list in the Insight Esports list only plays two. But I feel like I've been seeing way more four ofs in a lot of lists now. Because this uh, event was... A bit of time ago but um yeah i think the deck is very powerful obviously off the back end of dragon rage channeler and ragavan um but i think honestly the void walker for me has been very very impressive yeah it's interesting i think that's a card people are have kind of mixed feelings about i know another one was the torak dude the discard some people who've played the deck said um it was not very good zanzayet played a bit was it and he said the card was was bad but I decided to just trust Spike, you know, I figured he's played tons of matches with the deck and he still had two in his deck. So I assumed that if he thought it was bad, they would not be in the deck anymore. Voidwalker yeah. can be a little hit or miss, but I agree that overall it's it's a solid card. There's a few downsides. There's the double black casting cost, which, which can be a, a tiny bit awkward sometimes. There's... Um, you know, the fact that in some matchups it's not super relevant, but when it's good, it, it's really good. And I agree with what you said about the shadow. Sometimes, you know, just decent clog that, that deck pre hits pretty hard. Dragon Rage Challenger hits pretty hard. So, um, yeah, yeah the, the deck is, is good. I haven't really paid attention to... I haven't really seen if Spikes played it more this week and made a few changes, but... Yeah, the, I, I was impressed. I was impressed. I felt like, I mean, I, I guess I, I played a, a, a lot of mirror. One change I made was I was thinking about something to get an edge in the mirror, and I added uh, two Soulgat Lantern to the sideboard when I played the challenge on Sunday. I think I cut the second Alpine Moon, and I cut something else because I was trying to figure out what was good in the mirror, and I felt like a lot of the time these games came down to Kroxa. Mm -hmm. And that Ragdos deck, it's kind of like a Jun deck, you know? There's not, you can't really sideboard anything great against Jun because they have good removal and they have discard and they have efficient threat. So you can't bring in a choke or void mirror or a ley line of the void to 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 be Junt. And it's kind of the same for this Ragdos deck. And Lantern not the most amazing, but I thought it could give me an edge in, in the mirror. Yeah, just get rid of, of Croxa mainly. It was also nice since I had done well the day before with Living End. I figured maybe Living End would be a bit more popular and I would have these, you know, extra two cards in, in my sideboard. And actually, I think I ended up getting paired against Living End once and having the two extra lantern was nice there. Yeah, I think... 
Honestly, as well, I forgot to mention is that Unholy Heat out of these, you know, red kind of Delirium Dragon Rage Channeler decks has been really good. When I've played um, just with Gen Dragon Rage Channeler in general, I think I've said it kind of in the past, but, you know, I only remember playing like, what, two copies when it first came out. Now I see three in this uh, finals list. I mean, the card is really, really good, as well as it hits Planeswalkers too. And I think that's what makes it really, really powerful. And, you know, all these little things add up, um, and it's what makes this deck so good. And I've played against this deck a ton. I saw Spike play it a ton. I mean, it's both in first and second place in this Insight Esports event. So I feel like people are slowly, you know, narrowing down what's the best uh, Dragon Rage Channel or Ragavan deck. I kind of feel like this is reminding me of back when Luris was first printed, you know, and everyone was putting Luris Mishra's Bauble into their decks. And people are slowly realizing what the best shell is uh, for these decks. And I think it's kind of right now torn between this Rakdos mid-range deck and also the blue-red um, Merktide deck. But before we moved on um, from the Insight Esports event, I wanted to like talk about Living End. Because I do feel like you are the only one playing Living End. I'm yet to play against it online. Uh, I'm yet to see other streamers play it. You know, you're really the only person I've seen playing with the deck and... You know, I wanted to know what you think is good about this deck rather than going with something like a Ragavan deck because you really are kind of, I don't know, going out of your way to not play the Ragavan deck like you did with like Oko and Uro and, and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I actually got my hands on Ragavan thanks to Zan. I bought one when it was 60 ticks and I was, it's funny, it was because when I bought it, I think it was pretty high, it went up to 70. Then I bought it at 60. I was like, oh, it's going to keep coming. You know, it was it was crazy. That mm -hmm. I was actually not that long ago, I think, maybe two weeks, two and a half weeks. And we weren't sure yet if Ragavan was a real deal. I wasn't sure if Ragavan was the absolute real deal. You know, I thought maybe it would be good, but not like 100 ticks good. And then boom, I think it's 100 ticks now. So I've actually been playing a decent amount of Ragavan. I haven't gotten my hands on Urza Saga yet. Hmm. Uh, I figured I'd let other people play the Urza Saga decks. Uh, but yeah, I guess I got, I get emotionally attached to decks and I feel like it's kind of my deck now, you know, I've been tuning it and playing a lot with it and it's fun. You also, it's a fast deck to go through leagues, which is nice change of pace, you know, especially last weekend, since I thought I might double queue the, the 5k and the challenge. I thought it was a good choice for that. But yeah, I don't know why it hasn't picked up a ton. I did see um, Phil Helmuth. I believe that's Sam Rolf, right? Yeah. He he went 3-1 in one of the last modern uh, prelims was was my list from the from the 5K. I think the deck is good. I think it's it's good against Ragdos. I would have to play more against the specific list. You know, the, the tune list was the free artifact hate pieces in the sideboard. Um, you know, and I guess if if people start sideboarding for the mirror and maybe add lanterns that could be that could be extra tough but i think your game one is really good and then you got to get there in one of the sideboard games and either dutch artifacts or find a way to beat them i think the deck's decent against amla titan i think subtlety is good i actually haven't got around to trying it but i want to try a version was for subtlety in the main deck and no force of negation because i feel like there's not a ton you need to counter with Force of Negation in the main deck. And maybe just Force Subtlety and Fairy Macabre, which I've in my sideboard for of, but maybe that card in the main deck becomes can be good because there's other graveyard decks and you also get in spots maybe with Grief, especially against Titan, where you kind of have to grieve their Titan, but then if you're living in, you actually can't kill them through the Titan that comes back. So maybe Fairy can be good in the main deck, especially since game ones are pretty pretty goldfishy in most matchups it's okay to just have the you know maybe the extra extra creature you can discard people are kind of finding ways to 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 fill up their graveyard too you know maybe with challengers and whatnot maybe killing their own creatures in response so that, that that's kind of something i want to try but yeah i just feel like the deck is is really good you can you can beat pretty much anything and if people are not prepared i think you have a, a big edge the problem is almost everyone has either sideboard cards for it or is it like in inherently good against it or inherently decent against it i mean you even have stuff like merfolk with chalice main deck that sounds like a nightmare 
but I think the deck's really strong. You know, you have it feels a bit like that maybe that vintage uh, dredge deck. You know, you're you're playing threats from the graveyard, and you're getting them quote unquote for free because you're just cycling, and at the same time you're playing these free spells, and then boom, you you just play a living and you know i was watching magus of the moonstream the other day and i think he lost to that deck and he was like kind of salting away because his opponent just went like cycle 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 two free cards and a living and on turn three (laughs) and i was trying to tell him in chat you know it's i mean i've talked about it on the cast before it's not that uncommon it's not like a dream draw that happens one in 50 games it it's really not that hard to to cast a living in on turn three while having played two free spells in the meantime. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. I think that deck's good, and um, I'm not sure there's a ton to explore still. I do feel like my version is is very good, but you know, you get you can get uh, you know you can get tunnel vision and get attached to your build, and maybe it can be hard to. To, to innovate, but uh, you know, it'd be exciting to see if, I mean, I'd love to see other people work on it too and see what they come up with. Yeah. I think I kind of want to finish with, uh, you know, you have three subtleties in the main, obviously, because it's a free spell, but, you know, I wanted to know how good is this card? Because I've tried it in so many sideboards now just to try it as a cyborg card. I never see myself bringing it in. You know, do you just play it here because it's a free 3 3 flying or? you know, is actually a, d- a decent card, would you, would you say? No, I think it's actively good in this deck. I do agree. You need you need an angle if you're playing that card in your deck. You need a reason to play it. It's not just a card you put in your sideboard like you'd put an Ether Gust. Mm-hmm. But you did see, um, it wasn't a ton of rounds, but there was the, the mocks this weekend, you know, the actual mocks, the eight players who qualified, and Triosk, the Japanese player and streamer, ended up winning. It was only four rounds, I think. He went, but he did go three and zero in the modern portion. Was his build of Teamer Rhinos, and he yeah. had four subtlety in the main and four force of negation. And I know it's a card Spike was hating on. He he built that deck, you know, right away, and it was one of the first deck he built, and he was disliking subtlety. But Treyas decided it was good, and he did well. I think his life's been going around since and, and doing quite well as also. So, but same thing, you know, he's got the the angle of he's playing a cascade deck, so he needs to play these expensive free cards, quote unquote, expensive. And the body is is relevant. It's especially good in living in because you can subtlety a creature, and then if your enabler is outburst, you get to say go. They play a creature, you outburst. Usually you don't need that extra value, but it is relevant, especially against Titan, where they can't do anything about it. It's not like even if they know it's probably coming, they still have to, you know, play their Titan and you get to outburst, subtlety the Titan again. So that part is nice. It's also a, a, a game one answer to the Voidwalker, which while sometimes too slow can be a little scary, it hits it hits your, your problem cards. Hits Teferi, Time Raveler, it hits Voidwalker. Wow. Sex against Titan. So yeah, no, that card's been has been really good for me. And uh started with two up to three. I want to try four in the main, see what happens. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, I guess we should move on to kind of the only deck that I've played this week. Right. Um uh, it was the blue red Merc Tide deck. I've been busy moving house, obviously, so haven't been able to play much magic, but you know, not to self-promote, I'm going to be streaming loads of magic now, though, now that I'm off school, back at my parents. But um, I think that, uh, sorry, I should explain the game plan first. So obviously it's blue-red. Um, you're playing Dragon Rage Channelers, Ragavans, then you've got four Counterspell, four Merktide Regent. That's the seven mana, three, three flyer with Delve that we've talked about a bit. And then you're playing cards like Expressive Iteration, uh, Serum Visions, Thought Scour to help fuel the Regent. And then you're playing like removal spells like Lightning Bolt, Unholy Heat. Uh, you're playing Mishra's Bobble as well. Kind of, You, you kind of get the game plan, uh, hopefully. So I played a league with it today. I also saw my friend and fellow streamer Twinless Twin 
win uh, a modern challenge with this list. I saw Spike playing a ton with this list. I've played against this list. Uh, I see a lot of people trying out this deck, and I think it's think it's the real deal. And why would I go for this over Red Black or Rectos? I don't really know. But what I can say is that when you have the Merktide region in your hand, it comes out so fast. There's a difference between uh, region and, let's say, Bedlam Reveler in Red Prowess, and that's because your deck is just full of cantrips and removal spells as well. Whereas I feel like these, you know, red decks in the past, let's say the old blue-red decks with Manamorphos and Storming Entity, felt like the draws are way less consistent than how fast this deck goes through the deck. Uh, Dragon Rage Channeler with Surveil, you got Expressive Iteration digging for lands, you've got, um, you know, all the removal, you've got Ragavan. I feel like uh, the deck is insanely consistent and linear, and that's what I really, really liked about it. Uh, and I did talk with Twinless Twin today after my league, as I 3-2'd. One of the matches, I punted away games 2 and 3, easy wins, so I, I count it as a 4-1. But uh, I'm honestly, off track, I'm a massive fish right now. I think this is probably the worst point in my life in Magic, because I took a two-month break for exams, and then I've had a three-week break to move home. So I've never felt like I've played so bad in my life, but it is what it is. But um, yeah, I think I think this deck is really, really good. And it's because of how fast it goes through the deck. And I rarely felt myself flooding. Um, and I feel like with Expressive Iteration and Mishra's Bauble, you, you rarely ever screw. So, you know, I think this is the real deal. And I think you should be concerned about it, to be honest, because it's just so powerful. I mean, you've got the Ragavan or the Chandler turn one, and then you've got a Merktide Regent coming down, you know, three or four. And I think the thing that kind of surprised me the most was that Merktide Regent has extra text. It says, when you exile an instant or sorcery from your graveyard, also put a counter on it. Well, if you cast more Merktide Regents down the line, it's going to pump your other ones on the battlefield. And that also came out for some very fast kills as well when the opponent was uh, doing different things, you know, to kind of keep them alive. So I really like it. You know, why don't you kind of stop me from rambling on about this deck and have you have you actually played against it? I've played a tiny bit against it. So if Ragdos was kind of the talk of the, the week going into last week's challenge, I feel like the you know, kind of the the flavor of the week this week is is that blue red deck. Mm -hmm. You said twinless twin. He won challenge, so he won the challenge like two weeks ago. I think it was he, this week because he top aided. He top aided one this week. He he came in fifth this week. Oh, he lost the quarters. Oh, I he was he won. maybe maybe he was. You know, he might have been seven zero in the Swiss, but he 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 lost in the quarters. Mattia Ritzi, who was streaming. He made it all the way to the finals, and glad to see I'm not totally washed. We've we've been talking about this deck a bit, and I've been saying that you know people were playing Delver at first, mm -hmm. and I was saying that people are winning despite Delver, not because of Delver. Delver is still trash, and you see the two lists from the top eight this weekend. They're just playing the four Chandlers, the four Ragavans, and the four Regents, not our creatures. You said that deck doesn't flood. It already didn't really flood. You know, Blue Red Prize been around. That deck's been amazing for months now. And now you have Chandler on top of everything. So it is basically impossible to flood between Iteration, Chandler, and Ragavan that can give you free cards, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. The deck also gets to play on Holy Heat, which is still not quite enough to beat Death Shadows, but amazing removal spell and yeah I wouldn't be surprised I felt like region for some reason flew a tiny bit under the radar it's another one of these cards that I guess maybe there were uh, people were playing other decks I was uh, it looked like it should be good but it, for some reason it didn't see a ton of play until past couple of weeks or not a ton of yeah not a ton and yeah I mean that deck's really good the red black deck is really good you you lose you lose Loris which is kind of scary because you could just play that blue red deck with a white splash or mana's a bit awkward but 
you you do you do lose lures, but uh, yeah, I guess region is is worth it. I, I'm not sure of it. Talk to that, but I'm not sure. I mean, it's not super surprising that deck would be good, right? You get Chandler, Ragavan, Counterspell, Iteration, Lightning Bolt, Unholy Heat, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, uh, yeah, I think something to mention, I guess, about No Luris is that Blue Red Prowess before was playing Stormring Entity No Luris, right? You know, we've kind of seen that these aggro decks can survive without it. But you mentioned something relevant there that you know, Unholy Heat. Um, sometimes kills Death Shadow. My my loss today that was clear, like it was clear as gold, or that is not the it's clear as day. Is the phrase right? Maybe I don't know. It's definitely not clear as gold because gold's not very clear. Clear as day sounds more legit, yeah. But uh, yeah, basically, Death Shadows are just one mana Merktide Regions, so or two mana Scourge of the Skyclaves. You know, you have to fetch shock a lot of your lands. You play Fire Islet, Steam Vents. Um, all these Death Shadows were just running over me because they were getting them getting them down way faster, as well as Thought Seize was really annoying, and like my Thought Scour or my Regent or whatever on my expressive iteration. So they really disrupted me and then played a massive dude for a cheap, you know, amount of mana. And then, you know, Lightning Bolt and Unholy Heat can't really kill a mass massive Death Shadow, so I was struggling there. Um, in the sideboard, I only play one Archmage's Charm. So it isn't really relevant to steal a shadow. You know, we have EEs, but my opponents were just running me down with Scourge of the Skyclaves. And, um, you know, after I killed the shadows. So I feel like Death Shadow is a really bad matchup for this deck. I don't really know how you'd fix it. I guess more EEs and I, I, have no, I literally have no clue. I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. I just had a bad draw and it was, you know, only one match. He's so underwhelming against yeah. Death Shadow. I mean, it's kind of okay, but yeah, it, it's tough. I know um, Sauce played the Ragdos deck on Saturday. He lost to Death Shadow. He added a fatal push to his sideboard on on Sunday. So yeah, Death Shadow is kind of a problem card. It's kind of funny because you get these cards sometimes that become so good and so popular. Mm-hmm. That it, it can end it end up backfiring. So that's case was on Holy Heat. You mm -hmm. obviously want to play for Lightning Bolt in these blue red or red black deck because it's Lightning Bolt, and then you have the choice between you know especially when you're red black, you have Terminate on Holy Heat, Fatal Push. You can play all these cards, and on Holy Heat is amazing, but it, you know sometimes it, it can backfire. People people see the, the you know they see the cracks and they adapt, and all of a sudden you got people uh, beating down was was death shadow again and yeah. um yeah so it's like a little dance this deck is scary though if you look at it from an mh2 perspective i mean how many playsets of modern horizons 2 cards have we got here you know four dragon Rage chandler four ragavan three unholy heat four work tide regent four counterspell um <laughs> i mean i'm starting to think modern horizons 2 was similar to modern horizons 1 uh, you know, is, is there a power level problem here? I don't I don't think so, actually. I really like the deck, and I think it's very beatable. I mean, we're talking about Death Shadow and Scourge of the Skyclaves here being down on it. We saw that deck for a long time, so I really liked it. I think we've kind of milked all the content we could get out of this list, I'm not going to lie. I think you did say, though, that you've played loads of Modern over the yeah. past week. Yeah, I played a lot of Modern. The, the, the deck that ended up winning... The the Sunday challenge is actually hammer time, you know, good old hammer time. And you see that and you're like kind of, you know, you feel like it's kind of kind of weird. People are playing lightning bolt and they have these well old machines with a ton of removal and you still have hammer time playing. And I actually played that matchup, I think in the challenge made I was one of my losses was Ragdos. And yeah, it didn't feel good. I'm playing a deck with four bolt, four on holy heat. Free call against command in the main deck, cheap frets, uh, you know, explosives in my sideboard, cheap discard spells, and I'm not sure if I ran that. It it seems like it should be a good matchup, but I lost, and it, yeah, as I said, I I didn't feel like I drew terrible. You know, maybe I mulliganed once, and maybe I didn't have the perfect hands or the perfect top deck every turn, but yeah, that that was that was I was kind of surprised. Uh, I thought it would be good, and. Um, you know, which which might explain uh, why why Hammer Time won the challenge. Um, but yeah, uh, I feel like Hammer Time as well got a buff too. 
because they play Urza's Saga, right? Yeah, yeah, they got they they are one of the decks that benefit from from Urza's Saga, and you know it's it's another one before Modern Horizon Two. It was one of the one of the top decks. It might be one of these decks that's a tiny bit underplayed for how good it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after after playing the red light matchup, I, I was I was kind of surprised and. I guess not so surprised to see the. I don't know if I lost to the actual winner of the challenge or if it was um, someone else. But um, yeah, congrats to them. It was Hamuda. So not sure where I was going with that. I just wanted to, you know, mention Hammer Time and experience playing that matchup. My one, my one match sample size of Ragdos versus Hammer Time. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, yeah. There's there's been a few other decks specifically. I played I played a decent bit. I played one league was TSP Emrex Miracle List. Mm-hmm. He's been uh, you know working hard trying to make uh, control good, and I think he's onto something. I don't know exactly what his results have been. I think pretty pretty mixed. But the one league I played, I went four and one, which looks like a good result. But I felt like I lost to the one tier one-ish deck I played against. It was against food. And then I beat, I don't exactly remember what I beat, but I felt it was like a mix of decent matchups and maybe not the greatest decks. So I will say the deck felt good. What he what he did was he's just playing blue-white miracles with brainstone and he's has a very light red splash for fire ice in the main and wear tear and maybe alpine moon in the sideboard. I think maybe he's playing uh on Holy Heat now. So I thought that was kind of nice. I think he also has explosive in his deck, so you get the third color for that. Oh, he has um you also get the third color for prismatic ending. What he does is he's he's not playing path at all, he's playing four prismatic ending, some fire eyes, the four terminus, and the deck did feel quite good, but I'm not sure how good control can really be. You know, your big finish is kind of like, aha, I get to play Archmage Charm in my deck. <laughs> I get to, you know, counter your spell for free mana or maybe get ahead one card <laughs> at instant speed, you know, and then your opponent is just like, you know, milling away lands with Chandlers, never flooding, casting two mana ancestral recall, that's expressive iteration, or they're getting alerts for free and they have these absurd decks, you know, I actually got paired against him with my living in dead and you know, he's playing a bunch of counter spells, but I could still like fight through it. So it is it is kind of tough out there for for control decks, but it, it was it was you know I you know I, I give it a try and I thought it was it was decent. Yeah, I actually have played some of that deck. I think I've watched him maybe play a couple matches, and it seems it seems okay. I did see him play Blood Moon in his sideboard at some point. I saw him beating up on a Titan player with that. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think, I think the only thing you have going really with miracles right now is that terminus is kind of your, I guess, bomb, you know, you can get your two for ones, three for ones on like turn two or three, but I do feel like it's quite a high variance deck to choose to play right now. And maybe it's not that bad, but I feel like, you know, in a metagame where I feel like you have to answer Ragavan or Channeler or deal with an Urza Saga on the early turns. I don't really want to be, you know, the the control deck right now if everyone's low to the ground. And I th- that was kind of a problem I had. But Yendrick has been crushing it, to be fair. He has been putting up a few 5-0s. So may- maybe he's going to get somewhere with it. Maybe we'll be uh, liking control down the line. But, you know, right now I am playing these low to the ground counter spell decks for that reason. I think you're just way too slow. And also way too inconsistent. Yeah, exactly. No matter how consistent you try to be with control, you're still reactive and the threats are still totally obscene. I mean, you even get prismatic. I almost feel like prismatic ending should have been an instant for (laughs) for control decks to have a shot. I'm not even joking. I feel like maybe that would have been made made control tier one because... Counter spells not not enough. But, yeah. um, Were there any other decks that you played this week? So you did Living End, Miracles, Raptors. Yeah, yeah. I uh, tried just kind of straight value elementals. That was okay. I maybe did not play the best list. 
I, I know Canister played a decent bit, was a more dedicated elemental version, was the one one drop, the one one that tutors an elemental. I actually lost to that deck in the Sunday challenge was Ragdos. Okay, so that, that was my losses. That's Hammer Time, the Mirror Match, and then I lost to Value kind of mid-range elementals, was um, Voice of Resurgence, the Harbinger, and um, I felt like it was an okay matchup. I think I got a little unlucky, but kind of kind of, kind of close, close match, good match. And that person ended up making top eight was the deck. So that was that was pretty cool to see. I know Canisters put up decent results too was the, the list. You just try to abuse, um, you know, Risen Reef was the free, with Solitude especially, and you get Omnath, et cetera, et cetera. You also play um, Ephemerate as your, I think your only non-creature spell in the main deck. So that's another cool deck that didn't that did kind of okay past week. And um, lately, the latest uh, decks I've been playing are these Glimpse for for tomorrow from tomorrow. Not too sure, but the Cascade card that shuffles your permanents and you get to reveal the top and put them into play in their, if they're permanents. So the way the deck works is that it's another Cascade deck, so you play Outburst and Charlos Agent and Arden play if you want to, and you Cascade into Glimpse, and you try to either put... There's two versions of the deck that I've seen and tried. There's the mid-range kind of hedge... Hedge E version where you have a, a mid range plan. You're playing Season Pyromancer, Tireless Provisioner, which is the new Tireless Tracker, but gives you either food or treasure instead of clues. So it's actually better than Tracker in this deck because you, you use the, the treasure as well for the extra mana. So people have tried Risen Reef, but I think Season Pyromancer and Provisioner are probably a bit better as a free drop. You play Omnath. You can play the the Red Chancellor that gives you a 1-1 Goblin if you have it in your opening hand. And if not, it's a 7-7 for 7 that makes X 1-1 Red Goblins with haste, where X is the number of creatures you have in play. But it doesn't give haste to your whole team into itself. Anyways, you've got that version of the deck. So, you know, you're trying to kind of snowball, maybe play uh, a Glimpse, maybe play a second one. You also have Goblin Dark Dweller that lets you replay Glimpse from the graveyard. So, you know, ideally you want to cast it on turn three or four and then get a bunch of treasures from provisioners or tokens from pyromancers, maybe hit a Nomnath, maybe hit Chancellor, and then sometimes that's good enough, or maybe if it's not, you get extra mana because you can also hit lands, and then, you know, hopefully you got at least a bunch of tokens. You play a card, I think we talked about that deck last week, right? Because I think I remember talking about Wave Sifter. Or not. Anyway, Wave Sister is an evoke. Sure. So, I don't know. I guess I should... Because it's one of the more obscure decks. It, Wave Sister is a 5-mana creature that gives you 2 clues when it comes into play. But you can oh, yeah. evoke it for 2 mana. So, the big deal is that it's a card that's cost 5, so you can't cascade into it. But it's also... It's a 2-mana spell that, you know, you can play in your deck. So, it's along the lines of Brazen Bar, Force of Negation, Subtlety, etc., etc. All these kind of, you know, cheat spells. Uh, and it gives you two, so you evoke it on two, it gives you two permanents, these two clues, and it means that when you cascade into Glimpse, you get, you know, instead of just having the free lands you have into play, you have free lands plus these two clues, and you play Colony Garden, so maybe you had a plan token. So in theory, you can Glimpse for six permanents on turn three. So you're trying to do that, and then... Tried this deck, it was pretty bad. I went 0-4 in my first league and 3-2 in my second one. To be fair, in the first league, I didn't have Season Pyromancer, and I think that was a big mistake. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely a, 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 little, a little difference. And then there's another version of the deck that's super all-in. You're playing Glimpse, Cascade Spells, and you're just trying to put Omniscience, Eldrazi's, etc. into play. So the list is like free Glimpse, or the list I've been playing is three limbs, eight cascade spells, you know, the Charlotte's the outburst, mm -hmm. four white ley lines, two black ley lines, and then the rest of your deck is expensive stuff. So you have you have the four missions, you have four emerald, and then you know, I mean it's unclear what the optimal split is, but I'm playing four Arcan of Cruelty right now, two Ionas, one Gristlebrand, one 
Ulamog, but the one was Annihilator, because when you reveal them of Glimpse, you don't get the trigger, because they put it in play, you're not casting them. And one Kozilike. But you do get to cast them if you flip Omniscience and you have an Eldrazi in here. So Omniscience is the best card to hit, I think, in general, because you're almost always going to have a big creature in play. So you're just trying to, um, you know, there's no messing around. You usually just play it on turn three. Hopefully you have four permanents. You know, you either that extra plan or these clues, or maybe you started the game with a ley line. And um, yeah, that deck, that deck's been impressive for me. I played two leagues with it. In the first one, I went two and three, but I felt like I was getting pretty unlucky. I ran into Merfolk with Chalice in the main. So that was, you know, auto loss game one and doesn't get much better after sideboard. Really tough deck to beat. At a, a you know another match close match against a four color control deck was a lot of counter spells, drawing in the lock for some negation etc. Drawing the lock was pretty cool against the cascade spells because you it's always counter spelled right because it costs zero and doesn't matter how many creatures you have or cards you have in your graveyard. So you know people were kind of making fun of the deck, but I felt like there was something. I ended up beating two Jun decks, which is decent matchup because they have a little disruption but not a ton. They can't really stop your combo or interact well. They don't have the fastest clock. So it felt like a pretty ideal matchup. And I decided to run it back. Uh, spoiler spoiler alert, I guess, for people who watch my videos on uh, on YouTube on CFB. I, I played another another league and, and went 5-0. And, oh. and um, yeah, the, the deck I actually I beat... Uh, I did get good matchups. I beat Mono Red Prowess twice, which feels like a good matchup because they don't really interact with you. You know, they have... I lost the game to to Pillage and Blood Moon, I think, on the draw. But they have a clock. Leyline's pretty decent against them. And they don't have a ton of disruption. They were playing um, Obush, so you know they can't get Chalice or Void Mirror. So that, that felt like a decent matchup. I got paired against Actual Burn, which is kind of the same deal. You know, Leyline, I, I got Leyline into play all three games. So that was nice. But I, I did beat a, a Blue-Red... Um, Prowess deck, which is probably not a decent matchup because they have a few spell pierce after sideboard, but not a ton of interaction either. They usually don't play Void Mirror or Chalice. And I forgot what else I beat. Anyways, yeah. Um, deck was impressive. There's not a ton of play to it, but uh, yeah, the Mulligan decisions are kind of fun. I'm not even sure if they're that interesting, honestly, once you get the hang of it, but it is kind of cool because you can just mulligan super aggressively. You know, you can easily win on the mulligan to four. You can probably even win mulligan to three, you know, if you have two lands, cascade spell, and you draw the cascade uh, a land and have a decent flip. But uh, yeah, deck, deck's been impressive. You can mulligan super aggressively. And the cool part about mulliganing is it's a bit like the old um, the Venge Vine deck, you know, the Crab Vine deck, where you milled yourself, where it was... A, kind of good, actively good to mulligan, because if you kept, unless you had the perfect seven card hand, you really didn't want to have Narcomiba in your hand or Vengevine, you know, you didn't want to have the payoff. So you were almost happy to mulligan, bottom the one Vengevine or Amalgam, and then shuffle it back in with your first fetch line and have a higher density of of uh, mill fodder, you know, of, of, of mill payoffs. And it's the same way with this deck, because even if you have, a good seven card hand, you know, was free lands, a cascade spell or two. Uh, if you have these two creatures in hand, that's two two less hits in your deck. So slightly less chances of hitting well up the glimpse. You know, ideally you want maybe one in your hand in case you had, uh, you know, omniscience. So you don't just hit omniscience if you have nothing to play. But usually when you hit omniscience, you're... You're kind of okay anyways. You can maybe recast uh, another Cascade Spells, or maybe even you, you just cast a bunch of Wave Sifters, and that can be good enough. So yeah, cool deck. Obviously, it's it's super um, Glass Cannony. Your only interaction in the main deck is is Leyline and and you know just the Leylines, but it, it is surprisingly consistent. You know, you you're only playing 17 payoffs, but they're all super high impact. And I guess the the another thing that's interesting is that the odds are going to be higher than what they look because okay you look at the list you're like 17 that's less than a third so if you're 
glancing for only three or four, maybe you can hit. But the reality is you're you're mulliganing the hands where you have two or three payoffs in hand. So naturally, the hands you keep are not going to have too many of these payoffs in them, which means there are going to be more payoffs in the deck, which means that you're going to be more likely to hit than just the you know, one in three or whatever. Mm. Um, You're talking maths with the math student. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, like I do like those maths. I do like that maths. I'm going to be honest. I hate statistics, but it sounds <laughs> it sounds right. It sounds right. And then, I did see a lot of this deck, though, from Sodek. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was playing, he was playing the elemental version, right? Yeah, or because... He playing both? He... So I listened to his, obviously, Twitch char spamming him to play the Eldrazi version, because that's the more, I guess, I don't know, you know, the big show-off version. But um, he was playing the Elemental version, like you were saying. And he, the reason why he said that is because um, he likes the fact that if you uh, get disrupted or whatever, you can hard, start hard casting whatever you draw. Um, he was saying that the Eldrazi version, you know, when you draw... Like these payoff cards, they're just dead draws. Whereas, well, I don't know the names of the cards. I know what they do. You know, when you draw them, you can cast them, and they do like little things until you cascade. So, I did watch him play through a whole league. I think he three-twoed. It seemed pretty cool, but to me, this looks like the opposite of Heliod combo in a sense that you can play this deck online, but you can't in paper. With how Heliod, you can play in paper, but not really online. Um, all the triggers and whatnot. He literally had thousands of triggers on the stack. I'm not even exaggerating. He was crashing his own computer with how many triggers there were. Uh, landfall and whatnot with Omnath and all that. So I think this deck looks cool. I think it is the real deal. I do think it's a competitive deck with, you know, how consistent it is. Um, but I don't... I feel like it's kind of a more consistent Neoform is how it looks, like a way better Neoform. But I don't... I don't really think it's that that much of a concern. I don't know. Do you think it's the real deal? Should we should be giving it credit or? So, having played a couple leagues with the elemental deck, I think that deck's super underwhelming. I feel like your mid range plan is not great. You kind of fizzle a lot, even when you do get these these glams going. I was I was not very impressed, but maybe the deck's not perfectly tuned yet, and maybe it's yeah. my sample size. But I was not getting a great great feel playing the yeah. deck. It was fine. I do I do kind of like the the Eldrazi version, honestly, the Omniscience version. I I kind of I guess part of me hope it's not great because it's really hard to interact with. Unless you're just playing, you know, stuff like Chalice of the Void and Void Mirror in the main deck or dumb stuff. Um, it is it is it is a bit it is exact or not exactly, but a lot like Neoform in which that it's like I guess it's 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 pretty consistent actually. Whereas Neoform was I guess way more inconsistent but could win on turn one or turn two. Mm. Um but I, I could see how you could, you know, compare them a bit. I think I honestly don't know. You get decent options in the sideboard. That's one thing I didn't talk about yet. I was playing Brazen Bar, Dispute, kind of the usual suspect. Uh, Bone Crusher Giant was actually very good for me, which makes me wonder if maybe I shouldn't play some Bone Crusher Giants in the sideboard of my living in deck, or maybe even in the main deck, depending on the meta. But, um, you know, because people in decks like Living End and this deck, people are going to be mulliganing pretty aggressively. Especially because they feel like they need they need to disrupt you, which makes sense. And a Bone Crusher Giant is way more effective when you're opening Mulligan to five, trying to find their their hate piece. And I actually won a a, a game like that in my league against a, a Grixis kind of. They were playing rogues. They were playing the one one drop rogue and Chandler, kind of you know Grixis tempo. Where they, they, they just log into five. I don't know if they were looking for their discard spells or they just you know had no lands twice, who knows? But I ended up just casting a stomp, playing a bone crusher, hard casting a brazen boar, and beating them down. Um so 
Yeah, I was playing that. I was playing a Force of Vigor, the the Green Evoke guy. But um, I thought Brazen Bar was was pretty was good in this deck because it's versatile and it's instant speed. And unless they have you know two Void Mirrors or a Chalice and a Void Mirror, usually they only have one, if if not zero. Um, it can bounce a Blood Moon. It can bounce a creature. It trades with Chandler, so it's a nice catch-all. And um, yeah, the the difference is that in Living End, you don't really want to spend your second turn having to bounce a spell. You know, if you spend your second turn bouncing a spell or a permanent, you untap and you can't even really Living End because you didn't have time to fill up your graveyard unless you got really lucky on the Street Wraith. So it's not as good in Living End, but in this deck, you, you don't care. You know, you just play a Colony Garden on one, Bounce their spell on two. Turn three, you play your glimpse for four permanent. That's usually enough to win the game. So I'm I was super super impressed. Um, we'll, we'll see, well, I guess. I'm sure I'll play the deck some more. I mean, with against you know the head to head both cascade decks. You know what what really what type of metagame would you want to choose this glimpse deck over? Let's say you know living end. Why would you want what you know what's its good matchups right? Yeah, um, I guess Graveyard Hate is a big one. You mm-hmm. don't care about Graveyard Hate, so that's nice if people start playing more Lanterns to fight these Chandlers and these Regents and these Kroxas. Living in, you know, it's a powerful deck and you can fight through Hate and, you know, you can beat a deck that goes up to free Spell Pierce and free Soul God Lantern after sideboard, but... If they have that plus more hard counters plus void mirrors because they worry about cascade, you know, if you have to, <laughs> to go through all of that, it becomes a little tricky. Yeah. Whereas, um, you know, I guess decks also decks that are weak to leyline of sanctity. That's a card that you know I hate leylines, but they're so perfect in this deck because you're not really drawing extra cards, so you're not seeing too many cards. It obviously does happen that. You know, they hit you with a discard spell, or you have to mulligan into a mediocre hand and hope to drop the top, and you just die with two ley lines, two Archon of Cruelty, and two Emeralds in hand. You know, I've I've definitely done it. But ley lines are so perfect in this deck because you're mulligan aggressively and you, you operate a very few cards, and you know, discard spells are really effective against you. Because you're not, it's not like in the living in deck where you're just cycling for your deck and you can you can beat one or two discard spells, no problem. You can maybe even start casting some curators and whatnot. But uh, yeah, this deck doesn't see a ton of cards, so if they hit you with a two discard spell, they you know they're pretty likely to kill you before before you find another one. So leyline's super nice in this deck. Um, so yeah, I, I don't exactly know. It's more maybe about specific hate cards and. It's Chalice of the Void, you know, if somehow Eldrazi Tron makes a comeback or people start playing playing stuff like, you know, Merfolk with Chalice Main or just more Chalice Mains in, in general, that's something... I mean, I guess you can adapt. You can start playing Brazen Bar in the main deck instead of, you know, the Ley Lines of the Void or you, maybe you don't need four Ley Lines of Sanctity. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of excited to work a bit more on the deck, get more reps. And... Um, I'm not sure about specific matchups, but I will say, I guess, you know, I can talk about the 10 matches I've played. Deck with counter spells and force of negation felt tough, but not unbeatable. Mono red, prowess felt pretty good. Burn felt pretty good. John felt pretty good. I, I did beat blue red prowess. You know, it's kind of the same with living in. They're consistent and fast, but they don't have a ton of disruption. So that felt okay. Mm-hmm. And then... I beat a control deck too in my five hour run today. I beat a blue red kind of the, um, the you know the blue red deck was the 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 board mana base I think the the mana base was a bunch of temples and pathways and whatnot. They were just you know blue red control. So I was able to beat a, a one of was these blue decks. Uh, I had a, a really good draw in game one where I just went end up turn outburst on tap Charlotte's agent and they only had one counter and then. In in the the second game, they're a bit stuck on land. I countered Narkmate Charm was dispute. I put a glimpse on the stack, and I was able to set up, um, you know, the turn where my glimpse resolved. I was able to also 
get them low as borrower so they had to like counter an end of turn borrower borrower because they were getting low and didn't have a ton of removal and when i untapped i put the one on the stack that countered it and then i still had dispute plus a shardless agent so i was able to to overload their their mana um so yeah i don't know if that's kind of getting a little rambly but i, I don't know i'm kind of excited about the deck it's it's fun and I think it looks really good to be fair like it looks really fun and i think it's i don't know i, yeah. I, I might try it to be fair i actually might try it You've convinced you should me. and it's super fast too if if you're someone who's looking to breeze for leagues and, and if you you go for leagues fast i, I i'm oh and one against it i played against it and i lost it and i thought it was bs that felt like that's so lucky how can they hit i'm sure you know that you know it's kind of like ugh. Uh, you, you beat me, but you're probably gonna lose the next four matches because your deck sucks <laughs> and it's inconsistent. But really, when you, it's actually not, you 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 don't. It's crazy. You just need three or four permits, and I mean, I might be on a on a rush. I don't know what the exact math is, but yeah, it's it, also you don't have to always go for it right away. You know, you, you but you almost always have at least four permits because you almost always have either County Garden token or. The, the wave sifter or a ley line so yeah no i've been i've been impressed and yeah awesome <laughs> well hopefully i can uh get some reps with that de deck for next week i don't know i've got so much magic planned i'm not gonna lie hopefully next week i swear i feel like i've been slacking so much these past few weeks but i'm Modern's so much fun too you can play like yeah so many different decks right now and they're all cool it might be a you know ragavan might be a bit too good or is this like, <laughs> but people have been having fun and yeah it's uh yeah it definitely beats the the different flavors of gurus we had at this you know <laughs> point last year yeah okay well should we start to wrap up or is there any uh, other thing you wanted to talk about um that's that that was my week playing modern so no, I think I'm I think I'm good. Cool. Well, I guess we should do life on the line first. Yeah. Awesome. So for those new listening and don't know what life on the line is, it's a theoretical tournament tomorrow. If you win the event, you live. If you lose, you die. We've got to bring a deck list from every format that we've talked about this episode. So I guess that's just modern. Uh, you know, if you couldn't guess, I'm obviously going to bring blue red Merktide. Uh, I think this deck is really good. The shell is really powerful. I would make some changes to the sideboard though. If you do know what the Twinless Twin decklist is, uh, I'm going to change up the Counterspell Suite. I hated Subtlety in the sideboard. I want a few more Archmage's Charms. And I also think I want to try and get something in there for Death Shadow. Not sure what I would play, though. I know Engineered Explosives isn't great. Maybe I'll go up to three copies. I really did like uh, its synergy with it being an artifact in Dragon Rage Chandler with uh, Delirium. So I definitely look into that. But uh, yeah, no no major changes to the main, just just the sideboard. So you, you play uh, Threads of Disloyalty in, in your sideboard? That card's been Threads of Disloyalty. What does that do? I it's don't like know. Blue, that blue, one enchantment. You steal a creature that costs two or less. Oh, yeah, that looks really good. It, it's yeah, a bit worse than it looks, but it, it, people have been playing that card a bit recently and can be your answer. Yeah, okay. What well, what deck are you playing though? What am I playing? Um roll some dice. Play some uh, glimpse. Play some glimpse. I think right now it maybe I don't know. If my life on the line I might go with blue right too. You know, if I was being, you know, that series, that deck does look really strong and has really good results and yeah. Kind of makes sense. But um I don't know. It's tough. I I, I like living in. I've li I've been enjoying these cascade decks. Uh, I'll I'll just go with them. I'll just I'll just flip some some Eldrazi's into play. I'll go with the Eldrazi hey. Glimpse deck. Hope people nice. are not quite catch them by surprise before they adapt. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess you know a fitting card for our prices right on Card Market's website would be Glimpse. Why not Glimpse? Um, and I'll start it off. So I guess those new listening as well. Every week now we do the Price is Right with, I guess, a single that we've talked about today. And uh, we're going to go with Glimpse. What's the actual full name of the card? I think it's Glimpse for Tomorrow or Glimpse from Tomorrow. I was thinking maybe we should do Archon of... Wait, is Archon of Cruelty a, a Mythic or a regular rare? Hmm. I feel of... like Glimpse is just going to be pennies. Like, it's a, it's a like... 
kind of quote unquote bad or bad bad rare, but Archon well, of no. Cruelty. Have well, we just, played that card? Let's just it's it's in the glimpse deck. It's in the Aldrazi oh. deck. Let's okay, let's just do glimpse. Let's just do glimpse. Okay, it's glimpse of tomorrow. I'm gonna say I actually think it might I feel like this card is actually gonna be quite I'm gonna say six euros. Wow, I'm gonna uh, I thought we were gonna be going like almost into the pennies here. I think it's probably like I mean what's it a, a booster pack is what eight euros? Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna give you a chance. I'm gonna go two euros. Because I feel like if I go four or five, I'll easily win. So I'll I'll go two euros to give you a shot. But I think you overshot it by a lot with six. Uh yeah, it might be two euros sensed. Or five. Five is the cheapest good condition. Oh, oh my it's, gosh. Oh, it's actually five. Five euro cents. Five cents. Oh, five cents for yeah. rare? Go buy, go buy your coffees, Gab. Go buy your coffees. Well, podcast, if you're listening, <laughs> I, I, I don't think a card like that can get very expensive because you don't even you, you don't even really want to play four. But uh, also a nice thing about these glimpse decks, though, you do get to suspend on turn two, and it's somewhat relevant. But five cents, yeah, dude, you're <laughs> clueless. But, no, but the thing is, it's still like it's like two weeks into the new set, and it's a rare. And I thought I was thinking Commander would raise the price of this card. I feel like this is a casual card, no? Shuffle all the permanents. I mean, come on. This is screaming <laughs> casual. I, I don't know. I was thinking maybe they were scalping people's uh brew, you know, scalping the brewers. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, well, to end off the episode, as always, Gab, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, twitch.tv slash yellowhat, even though right now my internet is down. I'm stringing off uh I guess they work pretty well, right? It's like one of these yeah. 4G boxes. They connect to 4G and they give you Wi-Fi. Um yeah. Uh, and I'll I'll be streaming the we didn't talk about it, but there's actually the last league weekend this weekend, standard and historic. And I think I'm actually gonna be streaming. If internet's not fixed by tomorrow, I'm gonna go see out a friend over for the weekend and stream it from there. But yeah. Um, Twitter at Gabnasif too. You can find me anywhere in this at Home GG. I don't know if I'll be streaming this weekend because of the MPL. I don't know if I want to clash. Maybe I'll do some YouTube stuff. Who knows? But I'm going to probably be streaming get more viewers course. than the MPL. Uh, True. If you, some, if you stream the do you play the play the play a league with it. Play a league. Or, are you streaming tomorrow? I might. I might play a league with it after this podcast. I'm Ooh, not going to lie. I watch. Yeah. Uh, I'll send you the list. Okay, yeah, send me, okay, send me a list. I'm playing a league right after the cast. Oh, let's go. But uh, yeah, I guess, oh, as well, Pat, our missing co-host. Hopefully he'll be on next week. We're not sure, though. You can find him anywhere in the chat, get underscore smart, as well as links always in the description of the, the podcast. But I guess that's about it. You know, thanks for Card Market. Thanks for Gab making it work. And I guess we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Take care, everyone.